Welcome to day one of how to be Cuban American in 30 days. Today we talk with Marta Darby from mybigfatcubanfamily.com. Her blog is all about food and family and how to be Cuban American in California. Check it out. I'm also trying to help Cuban Americans that don't live in Florida. Like I live in DC, so ah, okay. it's not as easy to, you know, I can go visit my family in South Florida, but it's not that easy. So we're doing something fun, you know, how to be Cuban American in 30 days. I mean, it's- <laughs> That's it's fabulous. Just, and you can learn in 30 days. I know you can. <laughs> it's just a fun thing, you know, take a break from the, some of the serious topics like, you know, cemeteries and, and, and all those kind of things. So, um, you know, your blog is so fun and so amazing. So we wanted to, you know, reach out and, you know, build some bridges. So um, you're, you're, you're gonna be our day one. Okay, here I am. I wanted to start with something fun, like, you know, I don't know, you know, top barbers in Cuba 1901, like that's not as fun as talking about food and family and, yeah. and, and blogs and stuff like that. So. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I started blogging uh, 14 years ago. And at that time, uh, my kids are all grown. I have four kids, but I was homeschooling them. So I was homeschooling and we were here and I live in a little bedroom community called Mission Viejo, and that's how you say it, Mission Viejo, not Mission Viejo, no. <laughs> uh, we're between uh, LA and San Diego. Wow. Okay, so that's where we live in a little, you know, our little suburbs, and I'm homeschooling my kids, but at the same time, my mom, who was still alive at that time, she stayed with us every weekend, so I cooked Cuban, and I cook Cuban because I crave it. Um, and then I wanted, let me tell you what I wanted. Pastelito de guayaba, okay, like you do. Uh, and the nearest Porto's bakery at that time was in Glendale, which is a two hour drive if you don't have any traffic, wow. which you always have traffic in LA. So. Um, I, I started to deconstruct and I said, hey, if you just take some guava and some, uh, you know, a pre-made uh, dough, I bet we could do this. So I tried it and it was, you know, magic. And wow. I wrote about it and that put me on the map. People were like, what, what is this? This is the stuff that, ha you know, who didn't think about this before to be able to do this at home? Because the way that we connect as, as Cubans is through our food and through our music. And of course, through, just through our culture, we have our Cuban-isms. But even then, from here to Miami is a long way. You know, I'm in Southern yes. California and you're in DC, so you know this. So uh, it's bringing a little piece of our Cubanity, my word, uh, to, you know, to the el exilio del exilio, you know, where people are in the furthermost parts of the country and other parts of the world. If they can get guava and puff pastry, they can make pastelitos. So I found a way to connect that way with people and um, it's just been magical. So that's, that's a little, that's just a, a little anecdote about what's happened in the last 14 years. So. so, I mean, California's, you know, has a lot of Spanish speakers. So how, what's it like to be Cuban 
<laughs> you know, I'm also from Arizona. So, okay. you know, it's a border state with Mexico. I love Mexico. I love Mexican mm. people. I love the Mexican food. But every little, you know, every, every country has its own different flavor. So uh, it, uh, when I, we first moved he here to uh, California when I was nine and uh, thank you. they're cheering for me, my family in the background. <laughs> um, I, we moved here to California when I was nine and I started school and all of my classmates uh, with a small percentage, little Catholic school, were Mexican and we didn't know each other at all. They didn't know what a Cuban was. And, you know, I just, I didn't know Mexico truly. I mean, I, it was just ignorance would, you know, I was nine. Um, well, we started trying to compare food and, you know, we could, there, we, we couldn't find a place to meet <laughs> because then I had to start, oh no, Cuban food is, I learned the word savory. Our food is savory. We use garlic and onions and peppers as the beginning of our sofrito. Yeah. And they start right in there with the chili. And I, <laughs> yeah, that's not my way. That's not my way. I, yeah. So, but uh, anyway, I, like you, I love the Mexican people and Mexican food. And, but that's one of the big differences. They didn't understand. A lot of people didn't know where Cuba was. And I, you know, I don't know exactly where Zimbabwe is. So I'm going to just give them a pass on it. Right. You know, you don't know about Cuba, you don't know where it is and the politics and all of that. But being Cuban is to be political too. So uh, I'm just gonna let that, leave that there. Um, so living in California and being Cuban, we would find each other. You would see somebody, you know, at whatever, Disneyland or at a grocery store and you, you'd listen, you'd follow them around, listen to the accent, like, and then you'd say, you're Cuban. I know it sounds nutty, but it's not like in Miami where everybody's Cuban. Right. So yeah, we would we would search each other out. And um, ironically, when I was in like junior high age, uh, seventh eighth grade, all of my friends were recently arrived from Cuba. So my my closest group of friends were all Cubans. So you know how you do in, when you're in school, you have eight or nine great friends and they're all Cuban. So um, yeah, that, it, it was lovely growing up here in California, but it was always fun to go back to Miami and go, oh, oh, this is, this is what we missed by moving across the country. I don't know if that even makes sense. Well, California is beautiful too. So. You know, even in my family, my grandmother came over in the 50s, and then you have family that came in the 60s, and then family that came in the 80s. Yeah. So even there's some different kind of Cuban, yeah. A Cuban 1951 is different from a Cuban in 1984, so. Oh, yes, oh yes. So there was a lot of disconnect there. My family came uh, here to the US in 1961, and we moved to Florida. You know, we were just gonna stay until the thing blew over. Yeah, so we're still waiting. Uh, so we lived there for about three years and then my sisters uh, came, moved across the country to get married. Their, their husbands came out from Panama and ended up in California. So my dad said, we're keeping this family together no matter what. So we all moved obviously to the West Coast. 
So that's wow. how we ended up all the way over here. But it was, um, you know, we only we knew friends of friends, and it was a small, very small community. And then we found Porto's Bakery. They existed. <laughs> Wow. And we would make the pilgrimage, you know, whatever, because the food of our people, you know. Right. Um, and we would search out Cuban restaurants. And, you know, I think we still do that wherever I go to a new town. Do you do this? You yeah, go to a new town and... and you see the flag or you see something, it's just, you know, that's Cuban over there. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's something that we, we really want to connect with, with those roots. And, you know, besides the music, it's the food. Yes. Yeah. So we talked about the music and the food. And then, you know, I also want to talk about speaking Spanish because there's a lot of Cuban Americans that might be third, fourth generation that, you yeah. know, either the, the grandparents didn't want to speak Spanish or they were for some other reason. And there's some, some Cuban Americans that don't speak Spanish. And I'm trying to encourage them to, it's, it's yeah. part of, it's the food, it's the, the music and you have the to language. yeah yeah the shared language uh i have four kids all uh you know born here and my husband's american and my oldest is the only one who speaks spanish fluently but she i i was going through the divorce at the time and and my we were living with my parents so my parents were always had to speak English outside. We are assimilating. When you're outside the house, you speak English. When you come home, you speak Spanish because you got to keep your language, you know. Wow. So we did. So um, my kids understand. The other three understand, but they're not as fluent as, as my firstborn. Her name's Amy. So, and so now she's speaking Spanish to her four-year-old. So we, you know, we're trying, man. We're trying. <laughs> Going down the generation. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and again, there's that thing, the thing that um, attracts people to my blog, and, and I tell stories just about my life, and, and then I'm cooking food, and I think, oh, I want to try this, and I cheat, and use a crock pot when you're not supposed to, you know, just, I modernize it, whatever, Cuban food, I don't care how you get there, but the taste has to be right, am I right? <laughs> so, anyway, so, I, you know, I, I, doing all this, and um, my kids are paying attention. They're paying wow. attention. They can all cook Cuban and they can hold their own. They may not be able to speak fluently, but they, uh, they you know, are doing it. And also I have um, so many young people write to me. So young, young women write to me and they say, um, my abuela was the one who cooked in the family and she's just cooked by ear. There wasn't a cookbook around. And then she passed away and no one asked her how she made the frijoles, you know? So um, I have created the recipes so that they're accessible to that generation. So, you know, I'll say, just, just try it. And they do. And then we get back to, they taste right. <laughs> so it's just like I remember. Like, yes, that's the goal. That, that really is the goal. So I probably said too much in answer to your question. No, that was good. No, <laughs> food, food is so important. And there, you know, for the 30 days, I want food to be such a, you know, an important part of being Cuban because it's, it's delicious. It's part of the family and it goes back generations. And, exactly. and Cuban, Cuban food is very distinct, you know. Right. Um, and I'm always looking for, for Cuban restaurants and... <laughs> If I go to Miami, I eat too much, but um, 
speaking of Miami, like what's it like when you go to South Florida? It's, is it kind of like, it's uh, a lot of Cuban. There's a lot of Cuban. <laughs> yes. So here's uh, the funnest thing in the whole wide world for me. When I go to South Florida, I walk into a store, a Sedanos, and they speak Spanish to me right off the bat. And I'm like, yes, thank you for knowing me. You know, they just assume everyone's Cuban, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. As I was just there um, a year ago in December, and I was a judge for the Croqueta Palooza. That's that a thing. You didn't know this was a thing. Croqueta Palooza. Um, my friend, the Burger Beast, burgerbeast.com has a site and he sponsors the thing and he gets different people to sponsor and there's music and dancing and all these restaurants, uh, they put in their croquetas. So I got to taste 19 different, yeah. That's croquetas. a dream. That, yeah, it's like a the fantasy is the word you're looking for here. It's a fantasy. <laughs> so... Anyway, uh, so that was really fantastic. Uh, so I went, I was there in South Florida and uh, I was also hosted by, there's these two guys who have a podcast called Pero Let Me Tell You. Yes, they're amazing. Florida. And so they reached out to me and said, you've got to come and you've got to be at Croqueta Palooza and Burger Beast wants you to be. So, and they, I've never been hosted so well. Of course, you know, Cuban hospitality is like no other. Yes. So I was treated, you know, like the, the Cuban princess that I am. And, uh, and it was just so much fun to be, but it is shocking, but it, so much fun to be in South Florida. And, you know, I'm, they have an accent. You know, they have an accent. I, I think that they're starting to catch on. Right. And I know that I sound like a valley girl. Hello, I was, you know, raised in Southern California. What, do you, what can you do? Uh, but it was, it was kind of a, a, like a strange culture shock. Like it wasn't, the Cubans here where I am, uh, hold on to a lot of classical Cuban old school traditions. And I feel like in Miami they've evolved, which is good and right. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. So. Uh, I did, I was delighted to find all these young Cuban chefs that I did get to meet and they are taking Cuban food and kind of adding their spin on it, you know, so they're making burgers, the tostón burger, you know, with the tostón instead of bread, please. Wow, please. that sounds delicious. Yes, it's crazy <laughs> awesome. So the, I was so uh, impressed and amazed that they've taken our food and saying, oh, we can do fun things with this instead of the usual. I, I still cook very just traditional, you know, uh, I'm trying to think traditional Cuban food. Arroz con pollo, my favorite. Um, uh, you know, black beans, white rice with everything. Plantains, tostones, so that sort of thing. Anyway. I like this potaje uh, that has calabaza. If you had, it's like, um, my aunt would make it. It just had like beans and pumpkin and some pork in there. And it was just so delicious. And she, she didn't really want to give me her recipe. So, <laughs> so that you don't have it. And it's probably something from the region where she grew up. Right. Or, you know, that sort of thing. Cause that was my mom too. She goes, well, my grandmother used to, my, my grandmother had a, uh, a wooden 
what do you call it? A, a, a wood stove, wood burning coal stove. Yep. And she would make a flan in this thing every day, a perfect one. So it's like, yeah, uh, you guys are on another level. <laughs> flans are kind of hold my own, you know. A flan, uh, making a good flan like that's you either. It's hard enough it. when you have all the ingredients in the pan. She made it in a coffee can in a wood stove. And yeah, it's it's just phenomenal the stories from uh, my mom used to tell me and my dad. But it, again, crazy. like the thing that you're, you know, that family recipe with the pumpkin and. That's probably something from their region. There's probably somebody that knows, oh yes, we have that too, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I just want to talk, you know, there's, there's Cubans in New Jersey too, and they're, they have another different kind of, you know, yes. way about them, so. Um, you know what, I don't travel to that part of the coast very much, but I just recently did, we did a, uh, a thing where we were passing cafecito, we did one of those things, we have music, and I'm passing to the guy here, and, you know, passing it from, there's someone uh, in Maryland, close to you uh, probably, El Sapo Social. And I reached out to them because they were in your area and there is another guy in New Jersey, oh forgive me, I don't have this name on the tip of my tongue, but we got food trucks from all over and one gal's in Hawaii with a little, you know, coffee cart and, uh, isn't that amazing? So we did a little, there was about a dozen of us and we were just passing the cafecito from one place to another and um, because we're everywhere doing like, like everything. Like virtually? Yes, so I would take my cup and then pass it here and the next person would pick it up and with their cup and drink and, and salute and onto the next thing. Yeah, it's on my Instagram feed if you go there. Okay, Yes, I love that kind of stuff. So, um, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, what would be your recommendation for people that don't live in a big area with lots of Cubans? So, you know, some, there's some Cubans in Texas. I have a cousin in Atlanta. Like, what can we do? What kind of recommendation would you give for them? Your blog, of course. Okay, so the, the, here's the thing. Right now, we can stay connected to anyone anywhere all over the world, correct? Right. So come find me on my blog because I do talk about what it is to be Cuban. And my stories are different from everybody else's. And I also have, I've collected a lot of stories and I call them cuando salí de Cuba. So I had people tell me like, what was your family's story? They're the same, but very different. So we had to, you know, with my family, they imprisoned us overnight. My dad had disappeared. He had already left the country before we could. So there's, they're all fraught with this drama and it, it's just incredible, but it's the same story. We had to leave. We had to leave everything. We came to this country that received us with open arms and uh, now we've our family has thrived here so I would recommend like get online and if you type in Cuban food I think I'm one of the first ones that comes up on your Google search <laughs> but yes there's a way to stay connected and I think uh, with Instagram and you know even Twitter Twitter gets crazy but you know even on Facebook and and there there are different Cuban blogs which are have different um, personalities. Right. Mine is all about home and family and recipes and 
my own silly stories, you know. No, that's amazing. So thank you so much. Um, I think that was just about all of my questions that I had. So um, I like to ask people this. So uh, in your picadillo, are there pasas or no pasas? Okay. All right. That's it. Bring it. Let me get the gloves. <laughs> Here's the thing. You must have the raisins and you must have the olives when you're making it. Pick them out if you want to afterward, but you need them while you're making it for the sweet and salty flavor. Flavor is everything. I'm just gonna say that. I'm not gonna say, oh, it's only this and I don't like that. You don't like it, you pick it out, but you need it for the flavor. Got it? Okay, that's on, you know, I have a lot, I could go on a long time about this. <laughs> but anyway, those are the rules. If you need it for the flavor, you can pick it out later. You don't have to eat all of it. Yeah? Was that political, like diplomatic enough? Oh, I love raisins and olives, so I don't, but I know That's people. It should be, yeah. Okay. People That's get it. opinionated, and I'm like. Yeah, that, that is. <laughs> That's also, the right up there with tostones or maduros. Right? right. It depends on what you're eating. I don't know. Okay, anyway. I Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And real quick, again, could you, I didn't record at the beginning, but so your family is from where in Cuba? Oh, my family uh, is from Havana. Okay. Um, my dad was from, uh, oh my goodness, se me fue en este momento. Where's the tobacco from? Where's the tobacco from? San, yeah. Like Santiago de Cuba over on that side or? No, the other side. Pinar del Rio? Pinar del Rio, thank you. It's right here. I couldn't uh, access it. Pinar del Rio, my mom uh, was from Puerto Padre. Hmm. So, um, and like I said, my aunts were able to get her, um, her marriage certificate in Havana. And um, so that's where my family, but the, you know, we, I was born in Havana and we grew up there until we had to leave in early 1961, Valentine's Day. Wow. Yeah, so that's, uh, I have chocolate and uh, <laughs> remembrance. Wow. So. Yeah, there's, you know, for Cubans, there's a lot of pain in our stories, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, we have, you know, I, my, you know, it, it split my family, it, you know, split my family up. So I just mm -hmm. try and stay, you know, focused on the positivity and celebrate you know, you're, you're alive. Oh, uh, yeah. Know. So. Our family is here. We're still all together. My, my parents kept us together. And then, you know, I've raised my family here. And so there's a lot of uh, redemption in it by coming right. to the U.S. Um, but for many people, for many Cubans, ask them the date that they came. They know the date exactly. Right. And I've done that before. And it's just hundreds and hundreds of people. They know exactly how they, you know, we, and we went to Spain and we went to Panama and we, but the day they left Cuba, so. Yeah, anyway. so many amazing stories. I love the storytelling parts. That's why I like having the podcast and. I'm sure this is beautiful, yes. So uh, what is the best way to be Cuban American in 30 days? How are you gonna, I think it can be done, but you know, well, you're just talking to people and. 
Yeah, so it's day one. So I have um, someone that's working that does uh, kind of a specialty in Cuban music because ah. I, I only know like Benny More, like what my grandmother told me. Like, right. she didn't, right. you know, like there's Celia Cruz. She, there's certain ones she liked and she didn't like. Yeah. And then, you know, Gloria Stefan and Pitbull. So there's different different generations and there's- Right, yes. And so, so you have someone who knows about music. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's food and it's music and it's stories. And the stories, even if you don't have 100% of the story, keep telling the story, you know? Yes. Because, uh, yeah, that generation is, is leaving us. Yeah, so I've been, I tell people to start with their oral stories. So my grandmother's level have all passed away. So yeah. now it's just, it's just the next, the next level. So parents, yeah. I've written, I've written those down. I recorded just, you know, cause once people, once a few people forget, then that story, those stories are gone. They're gone. Yeah. So I, um, I used to tape my mom all the time as she was getting older. I'd say, just talk to me about something. And, and I heard her on the phone one day talking to my uncle. Now, Grant, she was in her nineties at the time. And so was he, they both lived in two hundreds and I said, what were you just explaining to him? So I have that on tape. It's on Google, on, the, on, a, on um, YouTube, excuse me. And it's called Kuko Iyayo. So she, Kuko Iyayo. She was explaining how the search engines worked. Kuko, C-U-C-O, is Google. Iyayo was Yahoo. So she was explaining to my uncles, Son como unos enanitos que van a buscar la información. So it's it's a classic. I want you to I want you to be sure to find it on YouTube because that's one of my favorite things is seeing my mom still telling stories uh, wow. on the internet. So I love that. So if you ever come to Washington D.C., let me know. I do come to Washington D.C. My son and his wife lived in Alexandria for lots of years. Um, and they just moved back a couple of years ago uh, to be with me. I had a, I had cancer, and I'm well now. Uh, but wow. my family, all my kids came, you know, like whew, they came back home, and or you know, near, so they're nearby. But um, I love, we love Washington D.C. We love going there. So, are you in D.C. or are you outside? I'm downtown. I live downtown D.C. You live downtown. Yeah. Look at you. Okay, I'll, I will. I'll knock on your door. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go to some Cuban restaurants or something. <laughs> anyway. And if you ever think of anyone that needs, you know, to connect to their roots, like through old parish records, you know, think of us because we I are. I love that so much. I do. I, you know, when you reached out and I thought, what, are, what an amazing thing that you're doing. Because, yes, everything ends in 1960. Yep. It does. Or at least, you know, our access to it ends in 1960. They're still keeping records, but they're in old boxes in, you know, in a musty uh, basement somewhere. So I, I love what you're doing. I, I think it's a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. So thank you. Thank you. No, we're, we're trying to preserve those stories anywhere we can. And we're trying to preserve some cemetery records as well. So yeah. but the, the parishes are the number one, you know, births, marriages, and deaths. So yeah. Um, my, my mom's generation, my, actually it would have been my grandmother, her mom. So they would, um, like my cousin was born on May the 19th. Uh -huh. Well, she just told her she was born on May 20th because that's the day of independence, you know. She didn't know until she was an adult and had to get 
real records. And she says, that was never my birthday. And I said, oh, I was about 10 when I found out. My birthday's on May 21st. And I thought it was May 20th. All those, <laughs> they just made stuff up because they could. So you get two birthdays. Yes. <laughs> I still celebrate it. Yeah, never mind. That's not important right now. <laughs> anyway, so I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Thank, Thank you for you having so me much. on your podcast. You'll be number one. We're gonna send people to to go, you know, check out your blog. So Yay! It's, it's delicious. Greatly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. All right. My pleasure. Hope Thank to you. See you soon. Gracias. Bye. Bye.